You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the mailbag edition. Getting you ready for the AFC Championship. Getting kind of used to this. Third straight year. Having to having to have a show right before the AFC Championship game. Feels pretty good, Maddie. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for this Sunday. This whole like seven days in between game stuff is for the birds. Like we should just play these all rapid fire. Like the games actually matter now. They're fun. Let's get them all over with just back to back to back days so the Chiefs can go ahead and in the season's back-to-back world champions. Craig, what say you? I say I really love the time that we get to relish in the fact that the Chiefs are ridiculously good and just get to constantly be in AFC Championship games now. So I don't need to hurry through this part. We can hurry through the regular season when those games don't matter because the Chiefs are always going to be in the playoffs and always going to be good. We can fast forward to this part and then just enjoy the next three weeks. You know nothing different than the than this moment, this AFC Championship game at home under Patrick Levon Mahomes. It feels very good, uh, and you guys are apparently feeling good because you had a lot of questions to ask this week. Uh, I think we set a record. I apologize if we aren't able to get to all of them, uh, but we'll just start and jump right in. We'll start with the five star reviews. I do want to shout out L McKee thirty one. Uh, we didn't see your question about the Browns. Uh, until after we record the podcast, sometimes the sometimes the the program and stuff that we use to get all those those five star reviews doesn't always show them in time. So I do apologize to that, and I apologize to anybody if that's happened to them in the past. Uh, Rocky Boy left a five star review and asked if you woke up one day between now and the draft and you were Brett Veach for a day, what trade would you pull off to get your guy? Who would it be, and what would the compensation package you put together? look like to get them you can also sign a free agent too if you want but it has to be within the cap constraints maddie you like to give me these questions that i need to research before the podcast and just drop them on me out of nowhere so i'm not going to make a trade uh, the way the chiefs are right now i don't think that going out of my way to trade for a guy that's probably if he's good enough to be traded for he's due a substantial amount of money so I'm not going to make a trade. I think this team's good enough as is, but I do think it needs some fine-tuning and free agency. So I'm going to go with the wide receiver position because they desperately need a wide receiver too. I am going to go sign Josh Reynolds, wide receiver from the Los Angeles Rams, because Ooh. in this stacked wide receiver free agency class and draft, I don't think he's going to get that much money. I think he's going to be a lot better player than what he's going to go for this time around. So you get him in the four to six million per year range, which I think will be pretty fair for his production age and then just accounting for this wide receiver class. I think he has a high upside as a wide receiver too 
on a team that actually throws the outside receivers. He could fill that Sammy Watkins role as the X wide receiver. He's always stepped up for the Rams when they've called on him. I think he's kind of my favorite wide receiver in free agency to bring in. Oh, I love that. That's great value too, Maddie. Especially for Seriously. that price. Man, give me yeah. that six ways to Sunday. Oh, that's that was real nice. Uh, Nate, 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 69.50 asks, do we have any status on Mitchell Schwartz? Is it possible he comes back for the AFC Championship game? Uh, I doubt he's coming back for the AFC Championship game. It's gonna. I would be very surprised, frankly, if he comes back in any way, shape, or form. Guys, I think at this point, you just need to live like Mitchell Schwartz is not coming back. I don't even like. I don't even know if like, can he get? Can he just jump back into football activity and go out and play in one of the most intense games he's going to play in his entire career after being out for twelve weeks? Like, I just talk about the tweet. Or, Read into the tweet too much. His tweet when he said that when he used to play or when he did play, not oh, when he's yeah. not playing. That, there was some tenses in one of his tweets recently that just made me feel like he was on the way out. Just saying. Uh, I would be very stunned if he played in the AFC Championship game. Uh, there, There's a window they can open, like a 21-day window, uh, for him to practice and then potentially activate. And since the season's over in 21 days, maybe they do that and have a little gamesmanship. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, AP Nerd Squad at gmail.com questions. If uh, you like the show, you don't want to leave a five-star review... Uh, if you don't have Twitter and you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at apnerdsquad at gmail.com. Matt, Matt, I'm just going to read a couple jokes here because they're really good. And I, we got, and it's all about our boy, Chad Henny. Max Smith, can Henny of you explain why I can't find any Dirty Dan or Chad Henny jerseys? You would think the Chiefs would keep the jerseys of their two best players of all time in stock. Well done, Max. Our guy, Aussie Chief. I like this one, Maddie. Who am I? I'm a veteran quarterback in the NFL. I played college ball at the University of Michigan. I was drafted in the 2000s by a team in the AFC East. In my second season, I took over as starting quarterback after an injury to the QB1. Later in my career, I became a free agent and changed teams. My current team is still in the playoffs. I have a reputation for clutch plays. My head coach trusts me with the game on the line. Who am I? Tom Brady. No! If you guess Tom Brady, you're wrong. Hashtag anything is possible. Should have well thrown done, me off by, at, by saying that uh, I've been in the last four AFC championship games because I would have known right then that it was Chad Henney. Yes. Yeah. Well, you got to be... See, Tom Brady's resume compared to Chad's, I mean... Dirt. Exactly. Mick Gray asks, how come every time the Chiefs play a good run first team... The narrative from the media and the opposing team is always, here's where the Chiefs will lose this game. The opposition will ground and pound and keep Mahomes and the offense on the sideline and win the time of possession. And then we play the game and stuff the rushing attack and win over and over again. Like Ravens three times in a row, like the Titans and the 49ers in the postseason, like the Saints and the Panthers this could this year, and most recently the Browns in the playoffs. What can explain such a ridiculous point of view? I mean, uh, it's because people saw the the Colts and the Titans a little bit last year do it. Like that—that's what it was. Patriots, but Patriots, a little in bit. The AFC I've, Championship game. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that game 
But that was Bob Sutton. That wasn't Steve Spagnuolo. Let, let's let's point. ease off of that. But no, with Steve Spagnuolo, Matty has said this a couple times recently, when you present Steve Spagnuolo with a singular thing to take away, he's ridiculously good at taking it away. Like, he tends to come out successful more often than not, and there's not very many teams in the NFL that have a strong rushing game and can throw the ball ridiculously well. A handful of them. Green Bay's one of them, basically, coming up here. But the Chiefs do a really good job of lining up, staying assignment sound, going, you know, going off of the film that they learned throughout the week and just taking away what the teams do best. And so when they're presented with situations like that where everybody says, okay, well, here comes the run and they're going to keep Mahomes on the sidelines and the Chiefs aren't going to be able to score on every drive on offense, which they were able to with Patrick Mahomes, you know, it's a situation where Steve Spagnolo is able to craft his defense and change it week to week to adapt and make the best situation even better. It's just, it's lazy reporting now. It's lazy how they're doing it. Now watch, again, Green Bay, a team that can throw and run, is kind of a kryptonite a little bit. Twitter question time. Cap Denny. Love this one, Maddie. Who wins in a 40-yard race? Craig, Dustin Colquitt, or Chad Henney? Not Colquitt. Craig's a runner. <laughs> I don't think people know that about the big RM, but he's a runner. So, you know, you got to give him a chance. He's got them long legs. He covers a lot of ground with each stride. But, man, when you see Henney coming around that corner, tucking that football under his arm, he's got that look in his eye. I, I don't even think Lamar Jackson could beat him in a race at that point in time. My man was determined. He took off like a rocket ship. Who are we kidding? The Renaissance man never loses. No, no. Chad Henney's an elite athlete. Don't you do that. Chad Henney got up to 17.98 miles per hour on his run. I'm really I, – I, I, I badly want to get trackers – on me and just go out and see what my top speed is. Do you think you could top that like you think you can top an 8083 code? I have run a sub I have run a sub 8083 cone. We're about to film it. Here in a week Jalen Ferguson in one week bodied. I will film that. Jalen Ferguson can get bodied because I ran a sub 808. I don't need you for validation. Matthew, I know in my heart what happened. I don't I don't need your I don't need your approval. I don't even need you to believe me. I know. I did it for myself. For for what it's worth, I know for a fact that I can't run 17.8 miles an hour. So Chad Handy's faster. I would, I would I really I want to see I want to see Craig, uh the Tyler Bray giraffe runner, just just try to do it too. Safe landing financial, my guy Brian Fry. Can Josh Allen keep the Bills in a shootout type of game if Mahomes is uh out it's hard to imagine the bills score or oh, sorry if Mahomes is in it's hard to imagine if the bills can score with the chiefs i think josh allen can hang in a shootout type game but i think there's a difference between can and will this offense for the buffalo bills can sling it all over the yard they have dynamic pieces short and deep stefan diggs is a problem Although the Chiefs have done a really good job taking away wide receiver one. Um, and Josh Allen can make enough plays. I think there was some opportunities that they flat out missed against the Ravens. And Josh Allen flat out missed. But I think there's a difference between can and will. Can they? Yes. Will they? 
I feel a little I kind of I'm kind of feeling like the moment might be a little too big for Josh Allen. And this isn't a knock on Josh Allen because I think he's come a long way. We've seen this man get sped up in the past. He's gotten sped up in some big moments. I don't think he played particularly well last week in a big game in front of his home crowd. Now he's on the road for the AFC championship against the best player in the world. I I think this might be a year where he gets sped up a little bit. I think the Chiefs will try to speed him up. I know that everybody talks about blitzing him. I think they're going to bring some pressures in some situations, and he's going to speed up. He's not going to respond particularly well. Um, but I do think that, that the Bills are more than capable of doing it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, Steve Spagnuolo has put together a really good pressure package each and every week with Matt House, with Brendan Daly. I think you've seen him ramp that up and take away what the quarterback does best and get the blitzes that the quarterbacks don't typically see best. You've seen it against veteran quarterbacks. You saw it this past week against Baker Mayfield. They consistently brought the boundary corner on blitzes because Mayfield tends to drift and not take that backside look or rush his drop anymore. So I think you're going to see things that he did to Josh Allen earlier this year to try and get him off of his game early. Everybody remembers that game. Josh Allen threw for 122 yards. I know that Buffalo Bills fans have talked about how that game was a little bit wet on the field and that Josh Allen was struggling to grip the ball a little bit. Chris Jones was an elite pass rusher that day. I mean, I think he was just rattled. I think we know by now that the Chiefs four-man rush is probably not going to get home consistently, so Spagnolo is going to bring some pressure. That's going to be very difficult for Josh Allen to stand in the pocket, deliver downfield the way that he has to Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is an elite receiver, top three easily. Like He is awesome. But a lot of the stuff that we see, a lot of these explosive plays that everybody looks at and says, boy, I think the Bills can run with the Chiefs are because Josh Allen gets to sit back in the pocket a little bit, take those deeper shots, and be able to hit for quick scores. I just don't think that Steve Spagnuolo is going to do that. He likes to base out of split safeties, keep two guys back deep to keep a lid on things. That's going to help protect you know, Stefan Diggs from going deep early. So with that in mind, I just don't foresee this being a shootout in that sort of way. It's not going to be like the Rams Chiefs from a couple of years ago. A space four. The screen game. Why is it broken, Maddie? Well, the offensive line is not particularly great, I think would be where you would start with why the screen game doesn't work. They've transitioned to a little bit more powerful blockers, which get out into space not quite as quick of guys in the past. But Andrew Wiley is still an excellent athlete. Like, he does fit in terms of just, like, how well he moves the elite athlete of the offensive line they've had before. Fisher's still there. Austin Ryder functioned in the screen game last year. So I don't think that's everything. I think another big part is teams are playing a lot more zone and playing a lot more coverage. They're not sending as much pressure. So when you have two curled defenders to that side of the field sitting at 7 to 10 yards, that's a lot easier to key on a screen when it's in front of you and you're playing from that depth it's a lot easier to get downhill on the screen than it is change your direction, go back and try to find it once the play's going on. Combination of both things. But quite simply, too, the Chiefs don't need to screen game teams to death. You saw the Daryl Williams screen that Adrian Claiborne made a fantastic play on. If he doesn't make that play, that's a touchdown. 
So like they dialed it up at the right time. They got the look they wanted. A guy just made a really good play. Nick Allegretti wasn't quite fast enough getting out there to make it, but if not, that was a 25-30 yard touchdown. You know, they still use it at times. They just don't need to, and just multiple things go into it just not being as effective as it used to be. On some of these plays, they've had good hat counts, and it's just a simply one of their unathletic offensive linemen that they've, you know, they've they've plotted out there, literally, struggles to make his block. I mean, Nick Allegretti in space is not pretty, but the Chiefs have decided that they want to go with maybe some less, less athletic guys at their guard position there, and, I mean, that's just, you, you live with it. I mean, there's there's benefits and you know there's there's different builds to these offensive lines across the national football league for a reason uh so that's just one of the things you gotta live with chandler w Chandler chandler w 78 sorry are we about to see the most pissed off version of patrick mahomes uh i mean i don't know if it's gonna be the most pissed off but i do think it's gonna be a highly motivated patrick mahomes i think he wants to prove that he can play through injury and i'm not talking about the head injury uh, I think we're talking about the, the 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 foot injury. I think you know dealing with something like that, um, whether or not it becomes very apparent publicly that it's a big issue. I think you know you watched him try to play on it. I think personally he's going to take a little bit of, you know, I, I think he'll have a little bit of motivation to just play through some tough, you know, some injuries and some stuff like that. I think the most important question is, are, are we going to see him? I think the answer is yes. I think we are. I feel very good that we're going to see Patrick Levon Mahomes, uh, and I do think that we're going to see a guy that's just going to. I think he's going to carry this football team to another victory. Frankly, whether that's the most pissed off version, I don't care. But I think it's going to be a highly motivated, um, inspiring version of Patrick Mahomes. Don Beal, thirty-two. Do you v- do you view Lejarius Sneed in a Chris Harris role with Bre- with Bashad Breeland hurt playing outside and then getting pushed inside on nickel and dime rolls? Man, that's a really tough one because they've liked to use Rashad Fenton on the inside pretty regularly. I mean, I think everybody knows that he's been the kind of nickel guy. With that being it said, they've also liked to use him on the outside a little bit. Now, when Bashad Breland went out hurt, Legereus Need did kick it to the outside, and you got to see Tyron Matthew kick down into that nickel slot roll again, and Juan Thornhill came in. I thought Juan Thornhill actually had one of his better games this past this past week. I think that he's primed for another one. I think you're going to see good things out of Juan Thornhill, so I wouldn't hate moving Honey Badger into the slot there, but that being said... Legereus need being in the slot allows Tyron Matthew to do a lot of stuff in the middle of the field like we saw this past weekend, like we saw in the base defense coming downhill. I would not hate just sticking Rashad Fenton there on the outside, knowing that you're going to be able to lock up the interior and that you're going to be giving help to Stephon Diggs all game long anyway. Berkham 6, did Mike Remmers actually do okay versus Miles Garrett? So Mike Rimmers did very well for a guy that was sick. I think he probably played a quality game overall. We do have to remember that Miles Garrett did get hurt, and I don't remember exactly when in the game, but it clearly affected him. I mean, he became a situational pass rusher after that. I think the Chiefs did a good job. They were getting the ball out relatively quickly. On more than one occasion, Daryl Williams coming out of the backfield did lay some pretty quality hits on Miles Garrett, and it got to the point where Garrett was opting to try to make a move back inside rather than outside to go through Darrell Williams too. He was delivering pretty good pops on his way out of the backfield. 
So they did give a little bit more help than I thought they would for Miles Garrett, but I think the injury made the biggest difference there and the fact that Miles Garrett just clearly wasn't 100%. The Chiefs wore him out too. I mean, he chased down McCall Hardman, we saw. He had multiple effort plays, but he just got tired. He was hurting. Rimmers played well, given, I mean, don't, I'm not taking anything away from him. He did play well, especially in his situation, but the Chiefs did other things to mitigate Miles Garrett's presence on the football field. Henry Barcheck, what is better, playoff Sammy or playoff Swordson? Okay, Kent, I need you to answer this for me. Is this this year or the entirety of what we've seen? Entirety of what we've seen because we haven't seen Sammy this year. Okay, then playoff Sammy. Uh, playoff Sammy was absolutely elite for the past three years. Like he he has been so so good in the playoffs. I mean, not the past three years, past two years, but he's been so so good in the playoffs. He's shown up in a big way when teams have taken away Kelsey and Tyree Kill. He has been that go-to guy for a lot of these big plays that we all remember here. I know that Dan Sorensen on that punt stop. I know Dan Sorensen on the fumble there at the goal line. That's awesome. Like Dan is way up there in as far as playoff performances. But Sammy Watkins to this point has been very consistent and very consistently good. The reason he's showing up there in the playoffs, that's why they paid him. That's why he's here. Now, let's just hope that he gets on the field this weekend and he looks like that player because that changes the offense entirely. Um, I think we need to call playoff Sorensen. Like, we got playoff Sammy. We got to have playoff Danny. Mm-hmm. I might call him playoff Danny if he makes a play this week in the AFC Championship because I think that just makes too much sense. D. Johnston, 29. The Bills scored 10 points last week. What did the Ravens do well that this team can replicate? Maddie, I know you saw some stuff. Yeah, no one's talking about how the Bills didn't play particularly well. They're just crediting the Ravens' defense, which is a good defense, but they're not a great defense like they were last year. Like Other teams have put up plenty of points on the Ravens leading into the playoffs, so I get they're playing better, but they weren't some lockdown defense. So the Bills scoring 10 points is a little concerning. That said, I mean, for the first time ever, I think the Ravens played coverage. They did not send tons and tons of blitzes at Josh Allen. They dropped a ton of guys into coverage. They flooded zones, and they forced Josh Allen to try to fit the ball into tighter windows, and he was having an off game. So, I mean, the Chiefs can do that. Any team can play coverage over deciding to blitz. The Chiefs very much blitzed Josh Allen the first time around. They made him get very off kilter. I wonder if they go the opposite of that this time, try to play a little bit more coverage, force him to be pinpoint accurate for a while before trying to rattle him with some pressure later in the game. But play coverage against the Bills. One thing that'll help the Chiefs, if you get good refs that will allow your corners to play physical, I think that's what the Ravens were able to get by with. Stephon Diggs is the best receiver in the NFL right now, in my opinion. I think he is the best route runner. But to knock him off his game, you play physical. You can get physical with Diggs. You can definitely get physical with John Brown. You mess those guys up a little bit, the, the line of scrimmage, you know, get a little jersey tug down the field if the refs are letting you play. That's going to go a long way in helping the Chiefs outside corners who maybe aren't great contend a little bit. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with more of your questions right after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, answering more of your questions on the AFC Championship edition of the AP Laboratory Mailbag. Van is Hardcore asks, throughout the season, you guys have said, if our opponent plays a B game or an A game, etc., and the Chiefs play a B minus or A game, etc., then we will win or lose. What type of performance do the Chiefs and Bills need to have in order to get the dub? I think the Bills have to have an A to A plus, plus game. I, I think they've got to play a very, very, very strong game uh, in order to beat this football team, even if Patrick Mahomes is, is a little banged up. I think the Bills coming into Arrowhead, they've got to really, they've got to play a really good football game. The Chiefs, they still got to play a good football game. Don't get me wrong. I think their B-plus game probably could still win it. But I'm going to say this again. And I've said it a couple times, and we just need to continue to remind people. The best version of the Kansas City Chiefs can be anyone left. That was true at the beginning of the playoffs. It's still true. I am not intimidated by any of these teams as long as the Chiefs are bringing the best version of themselves. Now, the best version of themselves includes a healthy Patrick LeVon Mahomes. So maybe there is a little bit there where maybe you can't get 100% of what you normally get from Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you get 95 the 95% version of Patrick Mahomes is better than Josh Allen, who's a great player. The Chiefs have the advantage at quarterback if Patrick Mahomes steps on the field. I don't care what version of it is, of it in, of him it is. This team, I think I think you should feel pretty good about the the rest of this football team based on what you saw last week. I think I don't think they did anything to deter you and give you fear. This team has played the Bills before. They won comfortably despite a narrative I, out there that I don't understand that some people b- believe that the game was closer than it looked against the, the bills the last time. I think that's more on the Bills side, but like the chiefs didn't play Sammy Watkins. So if playoff Sammy Watkins is back, chief didn't play I mean, luxurious need either. Like, come on now. Oh, oh, that's true. Craig, you should tweet that out. I'm good. Make sure you quit. Sure listen, you get that. I don't need all the Bills Mafia after me. They're, they're our Make brothers. Make sure you get that take out. That's a good take. You just need to, to post that. Hmm. Andrew Nagel, too. If Patrick Mahomes can't go Sunday, what three or four players need to show up besides the usual Travis, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark for the Chiefs to win? I don't want us to all pick three or four. I want us all to pick one. Outside of those guys that he just mentioned, who needs to play well? I'm going to leave an obvious one on the table, and I'm going to go with Juan Thornhill. Um, I think if Juan Thornhill has a good game, the Buffalo Bills like to play a lot of light personnel. They like to play a lot of 10 personnel. That's, you know, 
one running back, no tight ends, four wide receivers. Steve Spagnuolo will almost certainly counter with a dime defense against that look. That's going to put Juan Thornhill on the field. Juan Thornhill had his best game of the year this past week. He looked good getting downhill, but they didn't really challenge him deep too terribly often. I think you're going to see a little bit more of those deep shots out of Josh Allen trying to attack this team deep. If he can keep a lid on the defense and make a big play, because we know that he can, but if he can make a big play this weekend, I think that he could be a tide turner. One of those guys that just shows up out of the blue, has a phenomenal AFC championship game and pushes them all the way over the line. I'm going to include Legereus Sneed in one of the usual players, even though we just kind of talked about him. Uh-uh. <clears throat> I don't know why it wouldn't be at this point Flex in time. Flex on him. Just, you know, we don't need to do any more flexing. He's doing it all over the field, regardless of what he's graded. So, <laughs> excuse me, the guy that needs to play really good if Chad Henney has to start, Alex Okafor. Across from Frank Clark, if he has his best game of the season, if he has a multiple pressure game, if he just comes out and just plays the best game he's ever had, that's going to go an incredibly long way and not only taking pressure off of Frank Clark and Chris Jones, but I mean, it'll have an immediate impact on the way Josh Allen is able to play his game. Getting that third pass rusher, I think, would change the way this defense can function that we haven't really seen since the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, I'm going to go with... I don't think this is cheating. And we've talked about him a little bit, but I think it's playoff Sammy. If if Chad Henney were to go, I think the I think the Bills would kind of try to take away the Travis Kelsey and the Tyreek Hill and just make Chad Henney and Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins and McCole Hardman and all these secondary pieces beat him. I think they would say, "Okay, if if Chad Henney and, and Sam Watkins can beat us, by all means. So playoff Sammy might have to come through in a little bit different way. Maybe if Chad Henney's playing, the Bills play heavy man and just and try to, you know, take away Travis and, and, and Tyreek, similar to what other teams have done in the past. And that means Sammy Watkins has to come up and make some big plays and beat man coverage, which we've seen him do. We haven't seen him do it in a while, but hopefully he's back and he's ready for the playoff game. Ball game twenty one thirty two, uh, the te- team's best plans versus Mahomes has been to rush three and f- three to four and drop as many back as you can. Should KC consider playing this versus Josh Allen, given how they rushed one time in the first half last week, maybe make them play a little bit left handed. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're going to see that game plan again this week. I just don't think that that's going to be what Brian Dabble comes out and tries to do. I think Josh Allen is going to sit back there and throw. And I think if you try and play coverage against Stefan Diggs for any amount of time, you're going to get torn up a little bit. So I do think that they've got to bring a little bit of pressure. I think I don't think it's got to be anything excessive. I think that if Spagnolo is rushing around his normal 25 to 30% blitz rate, I think you're going to find success. Now, here's the other part of this. The Chiefs defense hasn't seen an offensive line like this 
in a little while. They've seen a lot of good offensive lines, so you would expect that the Chiefs' four-man rush would be able to be in the backfield a little more often. You're going to see a few more stunts. You're going to see a few more blitzes. I think you're going to see a little bit more exotic stuff against a Buffalo offensive line that's not one of the best in the league. They've seen a lot of excellent ones lately. I think this will be a little easier to get some pressure I think that they're not going to just sit back because I think if they just sit back, Josh Allen can tear him up. He certainly has that capability. You have to make him uncomfortable. Black Thomas 22. Score predictions if Chad Henney starts. Uh, I don't have a ton of confidence that the Kansas City Chiefs can win the football game with Chad Henney. And I don't think the odds the odds shouldn't be in favor of Chad Henney leading the Chiefs to victory over the Buffalo Bills in a game of this magnitude. Um, the score prediction would probably be something to the effect of 27 to 17 in favor of your, in favor of the Bills. I just, I, I honestly, this isn't a knock on Chad Henney. This is just the reality. This is the biggest situation that you can, you know, this is the biggest, you know, it's the biggest game in the AFC. Chad Henney is a fine player, but it, it, Andy Reid can Andy Reid can perform the miracle. Like there's, I'm not going to argue that. Like he can perform the miracle, but this team wouldn't be favored and shouldn't be favored in a situation like this. Bama fan seven, what has Buffalo improved on the most since the Chiefs played them earlier in the season? They got healthier. Their defensive line had a lot of guys missing some time when they played the Chiefs. Well, their whole front seven, really. Matt Milano's back. Trent Murphy's back. Like, they're getting help. They got healthier up front. You even saw that in their ability to defend the run after their bye week. They got a lot better defending the run. The Chiefs had their way on them on the ground. So, I mean, I think that's where you see the biggest difference right away with the Bills. That said, their defense still isn't good. They're still not exceptional versus the run. Not that the Chiefs are going to try to pound the rock all game long, but it's still a very beatable defense. It's a defense you can score on, even though they are playing a little bit better and a little bit tighter up front than they did when the Chiefs last played them. Lynch9 asks, Will Willie Gay, Sammy Watkins, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire be back this week? We'll find out. Uh, you might, but before we before this podcast is listened to by you, you might know the answer to this question as far as the status of these guys and how it's how it's kind of trending for them from a practice perspective. Um, we'll get a report on you know Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Sammy Watkins, and Willie Gay, and whether or not they practiced on Wednesday. I would guess Sammy Watkins and Clyde Edwards-Alaire are back. I can feel pretty confident about that. Willie Gay with the high ankle sprain, it's it's a tight one. I mean, those those are a little bit harder to handle. They linger a little bit longer. Um, I don't know if the I mean the recovery window like he'd be on the high, like the early end of his recovery window for a high ankle sprain. Sammy Watkins and Clyde Edwards Lair, I do expect to be back. And honestly, I'll be a little bit surprised if if Clyde is full strength either. But credit to him if he's able to play. I mean, it's still pretty early for his his ankle injury as well. But um, I. Would not be stunned to see those guys, and I hope so. Getting having every offensive weapon at the disposal of this football team in a game that could turn into a shootout would be pretty beneficial. Gabe Alejos, Maddie, I had to give you. A, I had to give you a draft question. You picked this to. one. You want to yeah. make me cry? I know this is tough. Now that Chris Olave and Majai Sanders, parentheses, rest in peace, Maddie. 
have opted to go back to school. What are some other options outside of offensive line that the Chiefs could take at 32? All right, so I think you have to continue to look at those same two positions if you're not going to look at offensive line. I know, Chiefs fans, you want a linebacker. Nick Bolton's really, really good. He's linebacker, too, in this draft. Yada, yada, I get it. Chiefs aren't taking a linebacker in the first round. Even though I just called him linebacker, too, I'm not touching him till 64, preferably trading back. You don't need another linebacker. That's neither here nor there. At wide receiver, Rashad Bateman, I think, is kind of going under the radar now. He didn't have as strong of a final year after opting back in that people thought. I've cooled off a little bit on him because I'm not sure exactly what he does that's super special. At the same time, you have the ability to take a guy with that size, that route running ability, catch point prowess at 32. It makes a lot of sense for this offense. I do still think he's a very good player that maybe he's just flying under the radar after this very weird COVID year where he didn't live up to expectations. Along the defensive line, Jason Owa, defensive end out of Penn State. Freak athlete, 6'5", 255, 260 pounds. He reportedly runs in the four threes. His 40 is in the four threes. You see the athleticism. You see the potential as a pass rusher. He needs a lot of work. He didn't record a single sack this year for Penn State. Not a single one. But he's so athletic. He's so flexible. He's explosive. He would be a guy that you could bring in. You have a good enough pass rush, especially if you can bring back Okafor or Taco Charlton, somebody that you can develop him for a little bit and get yourself this top-tier athletic pass rusher. He'd be great across from Frank Clark. Those are kind of two guys that are just going to replace Olave and Sanders pouring one out for me. Oh, I see what you did there. Like you're just just going straight just for the same positions. I, I it's kind of funny. Yeah, Chris give Olave me a non-offensive lineman, Kent. Give me a non-offensive lineman. I no, I think you're on the. I think you're on the right. I think you're on the right guys. Don't get me wrong. I just find it interesting. I, it's it's weird that because like I do think like Chris Olave and Majai Sanders, the Chiefs are not going to be able to draft in 2022. Because I think both of those guys will be gone before the 30s. Frankly, like th- those guys, I think were those fringe round one type players that you look at. Like with Majai, you saw a guy that all the tools needed some development. You're hoping to draft him in this class at a discount because in 2022, he blows up. Olave, I think he's hoping he has the Devontae Smith glow up. Even for Olave, like who are the other underclass and wide receivers he's going to compete with? I mean, maybe teammate Garrett Wilson, but he doesn't have a great size profile. So like, who are your other underclassmen wide receivers that are coming into the year with the Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Bateman level production or hypes? Like, you, if you're Olave, riding this out one more year, yeah, you were already going to be a first round pick, but you have a lot less competition next year. So I get the concept of going back. He'll make a lot more money. He probably wants to win a championship. That Ohio State team's still going to be talented. Kind of makes sense. Majai Sanders. He made a huge jump from 2019 to 2000. Or yeah, 2019 to 2020. Now going into 2021, he can make another step. He continues polishing his game at his athletic profile. Yeah, he's going to be pushing to the top 20, top 15 type pick as long as he continues this developmental curve. That's why I think you look at a guy like Jason Owa. You're catching him before that development starts, like it did with Sanders. I think he'd be a great pick at 32. So that's that's where I'm at right now. We get a lot of draft talk coming up. I mean, I could go on the rest of the night about this kind of stuff, but I'm sure our listeners would like to get to a few more uh, Chiefs right now questions. I got one more for him. B. Jones KC, if Mahomes has limited neck mobility and or toe discomfort, 
In what ways would you anticipate Andy to compensate with play calling and personnel? Well, I'm not sure you're going to see them running the option if Mahomes' toe is too beat up. <laughs> I don't think an option is a play that's going to work against the Bills. Those linebackers can move. That's another very good point. Um, I do. I don't know how much different they will call things, though. Frankly, I think. I think they'll. I think it's going to be all gas, no breaks. I think Mahomes is going to want it like that. You know, we talked a little, you know, like honestly, like that might be it. Like, I don't think they're going to just all of a sudden just completely alter the game plan to account for Mahomes. Now, if Chad Henney's playing, yeah, it's going to get a little bit different. I would anticipate you get some more man beaters ready because I think that they would just challenge and force Chad Henney to make a bunch of tight window throws. Man, after watching and that interception, I'd make him throw it zone because I'm not sure what he sees. I look. I I'm taking my bets on beating up the physical. I'm making these. I'm making a forced tight window throws. I understand what you're saying, Matthew. Chat. Andy Reid took took blame for the the deep ball throw. Like I don't know why. I don't know why. Let that Andy, be a lesson. Anytime somebody wants to use Andy Reid as taking blame for a play, as if it wasn't a player's fault that it was just Andy Reid. Let, let's think about this play real quick. There is zero reason that there's no way that Andy Reid can take blame for that decision to throw that deep ball. That's just Andy being Andy, being a great coach. Why players love him? He's taking all the blame, taking it off the player's shoulders. Like so, we can't always take that for face value because that's just who he is. I know, I know, but. Yeah, just the way it sounded, it kind of just seemed like, I mean, it's a little bit different. He takes blame for a lot of stuff. It didn't seem like it was just like a, I had a bad play call. It was almost like he told them, like maybe he said something in the in the headset before. It's like, let's get D-Rob a shot here. They're going, they're they're playing single high or something. You know what I'm saying? Like they, like he just got got like with the coverage before. He's like, they're going to play single high here. Just throw this, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It just felt a little bit different than just the, listen. This starts with me, kind of thing. But that's neither here nor there. They're gonna call. They're gonna. They're gonna be all gas, no breaks. They've got some stuff that they've got saved up, and they're gonna throw it all at the Buffalo Bills, and hope to get out of out of Arrowhead with another Lamar Hunt trophy. All right, that is going to do it for the mailbag edition of the AP Laboratory. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back later with the game preview edition for the AFC Championship game. A lot of excitement building around Kansas City. I know I'm excited. I can't wait. We'll catch you later. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com Flagship. This is a paid advertisement.